The story's told, and who knows, I may have told this story as well, I forgot, that there was this young man who uh, was very fascinated by the life and the story of Jesus. He was so fascinated that he decided that he was going to memorize one of, the, one of the Gospels that tells the story of Jesus. He picked out the book of Mark, I guess maybe because it's the shortest one, and he spent a lot of time learning it and practicing and practicing it, and he finally had it down, and so he decided that he was going to share the entire Gospel of Mark with an audience, I guess with a church audience. So he got up that day and he began to share through the book of Mark, nailed it, knew the whole thing. And then he got to the very end that, that Betty just read and he stopped because it was over. And everybody was just looking at him, waiting for the ending. He started shifting from, from one foot to the other, then back to the other, and he didn't really know what to do. Everybody's looking at him, waiting for more. And he finally throws his hands up and says, Amen, and walks off the stage. And it said that everybody clapped because they were very moved. They were very glad to hear such a wonderful story. But this young man, later on, he began to think, you know, I wonder if I ended it like Mark would have wanted me to end it with just how Mark had ended it. So the next time he got up to say it in front of another audience, he nailed it once again. And then when he got to the end that, that Betty read this morning, he paused a moment and then he walked off. And it said that as the audience was leaving that day, they were all talking among themselves about, well, what happened? There was a buzz wondering, well, what happened next? If you were to read the endings of, of all four of the Gospels, you would see that they all have differences in them, different characters, different events that happen, different people that are there. But Matthew and, and Luke and John, all of them have stories of Jesus appearing after the resurrection to, to the women, to the, the disciples and such. But Mark has none of that. Mark ends this way. So they, the women, went out and they fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them and they said, no one, they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now, of course, later on, others would come along and add to this ending in Mark, but almost all scholars would agree that that ending was added later. The syntax, the language is so different than the rest of Mark, it's obvious that it was added on later, and it makes sense. Because somebody read this story and said, man, that doesn't end good. It's definitely not the ending that we would expect. So they added on to it to make it seem better. Mark doesn't give us the ending we want. Now here it is, Easter Sunday. We have a, a great crowd with us today. There's excitement in the air. There's baptisms taking place here in a little bit. And I was just kidding about the baptistry. It's really full and ready to go. An Easter egg hunt 
is coming up later too, I hear. So of course we want to pull out all the stops today. We want to praise God as fully and as loudly as we can. But Mark doesn't do that for us. Instead of a message that ends in triumph and winning and excitement, Mark gives us a story that ends in fear and failure and loss. But maybe that's Mark's point. The gospel of Mark, more than any other gospel, points out the failures of those who would want to follow Jesus but just can't get it. It's seen most clearly in the lives of the twelve disciples, those followers that had been with Jesus through his whole ministry. So many times, over and over, they just don't understand what Jesus is, is saying to them or asking them to do. And sometimes when they actually think they understand what Jesus is saying or doing, they second guess him. They even rebuke him. They don't get it. Last week I stood up here and read the passion story from Mark. And in it, Jesus tells Peter, Pete tells Peter that he's going to deny Jesus. And Peter says, even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I'm not going to deny you. And then it says that all the other disciples chimed in and said, yeah, me too, me too. And then, sure enough, they all run away and Peter denies Jesus. They fail to get him. And then it would seem that the one group who seemed to have their act together the most would get it. These women who have been supporting Jesus all along, they're the ones that stay by the cross. They're the ones that actually come to the tomb on this day that we call Easter. You would think they would get it. But even they don't get it. They hear the good news from this young man at the tomb that Jesus has been raised and they run away. They flee from the tomb and they don't say anything to anybody because they're scared. And the story ends. It's not the ending that we would expect. I read something this week about the book, about the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark. That the Gospel of Mark is a story of failure. A story of our failure. The story of our failure is indeed the story of our lives. And the story of our lives, no matter how successful they might be, the story of our lives always ends in death. No matter how hard we try, no matter how good we might be, it always means that we're going to die anyway. Life always ends in death. That's not a real happy reminder to hear on this wonderful Easter Sunday, is it? But hear this. It is up to God to resurrect us. It's up to God to overturn our failures and our death and to create new life. The disciples, they miss the point. The women, they run away and they're afraid. But guess what? Here we are. God took what was dead and raised it to new life. And God continues to take what is dead and raise it to new life, to raise us to new life. On Easter Sunday, we don't just celebrate that God raised Jesus from the dead. We celebrate that Jesus not only has risen, but that Jesus is risen. 
And the power of resurrection is still taking lives that are dead, that are failures, and bringing about new life. The question for us isn't about something that may have happened 2,000 years ago. The question for us is this. Do we trust in the God who brings new life? Do we trust that God is not finished with us yet? Do we trust that God continues to work through us and with us and sometimes in spite of us? Always calling us into the new that is God's kingdom. God's kingdom that is taking place right here and now in life. Do we trust God enough to realize that our lives don't belong to us anymore? They belong to God. And that God keeps calling us into the way of love that was shown us in Jesus Christ. That is what Easter is all about, friends. Do we trust that God's way of love is greater than the way of hate? In the way of war, in the way of violence. Will we commit ourselves to God's way of creating new life rather than dying in our own indifference and greed? Will we trust that resurrection is for all people and not just those people that we want to choose? That resurrection is even for our enemies. That's what Easter is all about. In just a bit, some of our young people are going to come forward to confess that Christ is Lord and to be baptized. I've been meeting with these young people for several weeks now. And before we started that class, I sent out a letter to them and to their families. And in the very first paragraph of that first letter that I sent to them, I told them that there was going to be one question that I hope that they would be spending the next several weeks thinking about. And that question is this. Do you trust Jesus enough that you are willing to give your life to Him? Do you trust Jesus enough that you are willing to give your life to Him? That question isn't just for our young people. It's a question for all of us. It's a question which asks of us every day, will we give up our lives? Will we give up our lives that will lead to failure and death? Will we give up our lives so that God may raise us up to new life? We know what happens after Mark's gospel. We read it in other places that the women did see Jesus, that the disciples did carry on. There was, there was resurrection. There was new life. And not only was there new life, there is new life. And God raises us up to new life. That same God of new life calls us, each of us, every day of life. God keeps moving and moving stones that are in front of the tombs that would kill us. Thanks be to God for the unexpected story of new life for all people, for all times, and all places. Amen.